Hello, and welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Podcast. Cody, it's good to see your beautiful face. It's been so long. Oh, yeah. I feel like I haven't done this podcast in a year at this point. How have you been, my man? It has been a uh, it's been a good summer, man. It has been a nice break from uh, from doing the fantasy football podcast. Obviously, love to do it, but. It's nice that the NFL has just like a perfect schedule that gives you just like a nice like two to three month break in the middle of summer. So it's been nice. Been playing in a bunch of different golf tournaments, lots of golf, been been at the lake like already six times this summer. I think I'm going down a couple more times for other trips and golf tournaments. So a lot of a lot of travel within the great state of Missouri, but uh, it's been an awesome summer. How's your summer been? <laughs> Oh, it's been great, man. Lots of trips, lots of weddings. We're kind of at that age, late 20s. Uh, I think, yeah, like you said, it's it's really fun to do this podcast. Uh, it's just express our opinions and uh, get some good information out to the people. But yeah, it can be a lot to keep up with everything. And the NFL has a lot of moving parts. So it's nice to get a little bit of a healthy separation, take a break, and then uh, come back stronger. Uh, we still have a couple weeks before the news cycle really hits the fan, but uh, we thought we'd get started a little early so we could kind of get some of the off-season stuff out of the way. Yep. Before, um, we, before we jump actually, into the, the yeah, new segment, ahead. I just want to throw out there, whether you're listening on the podcast uh, the podcast, or you're on the YouTube, check out the other yep. and make sure to subscribe to the other, like the other, do all the good stuff. If you do follow us on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave a five-star review. I think we're up to like three or five in there. If we can just get that number up to 10, then 20, then 30, it just helps us get back into the algorithm a little bit more. And then on the YouTube side, subscriptions, comments, likes, just any kind of interactions help us out a ton. So if y'all could do that for us, we appreciate it. Uh, we are doing 45 days of mock drafts. So we'll be putting out a video for mock, basically a mock draft video 45 days in a row up until the day that you and I are drafting in the C League. So we'll have plenty of content on both sides of things. We're getting this thing refired back up. When hockey's going, we'll have the fantasy hockey pod with some takes. Fantasy golf is going to start slowing down. Golf season's coming to an end pretty soon, but it'll always be there as well when it is going. So make sure you're liked, make sure you're subscribed, all the good stuff. But Nick, go ahead and introduce our new segment and let's get this thing rolling. Yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to the fantasy golf segment. You've been uh, you've been pretty diligent throwing out plays pretty much every weekend, uh, every tournament that's come up, even the minor ones. So Got to give a shout out to the uh, the diligent Cody Barwick on his golf plays. They've been uh, they've been hitting uh, at a it's, decent rate. It's been well. okay. So go ahead it hasn't been as pod. good as I would have loved it to have been, but it's it's been okay. You've, you've grinded it out. Yeah, I think I think it was a slow start, and you've come you've had you've come into form a little bit as the summer's gone on. Sort of like our uh, football betting podcast went last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, yeah, definitely like and subscribe to uh, all the socials. We really appreciate it. Uh, we are. Moving a, uh, a new segment into all of the fantasy uh, podcasts, uh, maybe not the golf ones because those are a little shorter, but uh, we're going to start every fantasy football and every fantasy hockey pod with a hot take segment. Now, most of the time, these hot takes are going to be basically about anything and everything, uh, life-related or football-related or otherwise. Today, since we're just jumping back into the NFL after a couple months off, we thought we'd go with NFL takes, but in the future, they can be about... Uh, literally anything. If you haven't listened to our fantasy hockey pod over the uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, the first one I gave was that ketchup is the worst condiment. Uh, so that's the type of uh, you know really high quality stuff that you can expect from us. 
Cody, why don't you kick us off with the first ever hot take on the fantasy football podcast? Yeah, absolutely. I was just thinking through a couple here that I have in the back of my mind, and I think I think I'm going to stick with this one because this is very hot takey for me, especially if you've been with the podcast long enough. I think the Dallas Cowboys are winning the NFC next year. They are they are my pick, Whoa. my way too early pick for what the NFC is the Dallas Cowboys. I just I think that there's. Can you say that one no, more time? No, please? not until I have to. Not until I have no, to. Again. No, 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 no. I need to hear that I one just, more time, Cody. Please come I, on. The listeners didn't hear you. I I, I think you cut out. I there think for there's a, a lot of opportunity for the Dallas Cowboys, and <laughs> they always they always say it's their Damn. year. I just think the NFC is very down. Like. I mean, you obviously have the Eagles and you have the 49ers, but the 49ers are going to have quarterback questions. Like, is Brock Purdy really that good? And, uh, you know, the Eagles, I think, are a really good football team. But, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, we see a lot of teams that look really good come off of a Super Bowl loss and just can't put it together the next season. So I just think there's a lot of opportunity for Dallas, and they, they're good odds, so I don't mind betting them right now. So Dallas to win the NFC. I like it. I like it quite a bit. I think they're probably just as good as they were last year. They were a really solid team. They pushed San Francisco right down to the wire. And, uh, you know, I think they're one of the four or five teams in the NFC that has a really legit shot to win it right now. So I like the pick. I'm just really surprised to see who it's coming from uh, after the Cowboys say we got last year. So um, I'm going to actually pivot. I was going to go with more of a fantasy football take, but now that you're picking your NFC champion, I'm, uh, I'm a little emboldened. I am going to say that the Detroit Lions are going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl this coming year. Really like their young roster. Love their strong offensive line. I think their defense can improve to at least average, and that should uh, you know, support their offense that picked up even another dynamic piece in Jameer Gibbs this offseason, although we didn't love that pick uh, where it was made. But I digress. Uh, I, I really like the young squad that these, uh, these guys have, and I think they've got a chance in an NFC that's kind of wide open, like you said. Yeah, I I would love to see the Detroit Lions in the Super Bowl. That is a Detroit Lions uh, Jacksonville Jaguar Super Bowl is probably a nightmare scenario for the NFL, but I would just absolutely <laughs> love it if those two just very low level franchises could find a way to meet meet in the Super Bowl, and they both have very young, talented see, teams yeah. that could make something crazy like that happen. <laughs> It's a realistic possibility, and I think, honestly, that would be so far off the other edge of, you know, like, small markets that you wouldn't really expect that it would get the attention that a normal Super Bowl would between, that is, that is say, true. New York yeah. and L.A. Like, it would come all the way back around just because everybody would be so flabbergasted that Jacksonville and Detroit are in the same Super Bowl. That would be really fun to watch. Yep. And honestly, it's... Somewhat realistic. The AFC would be tough for the Jags to get through, but uh, they're both really good young spots. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening. Yep. I, I like your um, Detroit Lions so, pick, I will say. I will say also uh, having a quarterback that's been to a Super Bowl, even though a lot of people will say he was carried by Sean McVay, I think is huge also. So that is also why I like your Lions helps. pick quite a bit. I mean, you, you still have to win those games to get to the Super Bowl, and Jared Goff shown that he was capable of doing so. So – if their roster's good enough around him, he could definitely win those games again. Yeah, I mean, look at the the quarterbacks in the NFC. I've seen some uh, some rankings of you know quarterbacks currently in the NFC. He makes the top five a lot of the time, and it sounds ridiculous, but when you go look at the list, it's it's really not. There's not a lot to pick from after you get to the first three or four. Uh, golf is 
you know, firmly in that conversation. Yeah. So he can he can definitely be good enough to have them make a run, especially if they get home field so he can be in that dome. It uh, really helps his game, yeah. I think. Also, sorry, one more um, thing just because I just thought about it. I was oh, going to ask ahead, you about ahead, this before please. we recorded. No, keep cutting me off. I because, love it. <laughs> uh, Jared Goff <laughs> reminded me of Kirk Cousins. Have you seen or watched any of the new quarterback show on Netflix that was released yesterday? I have not. I've heard a lot of – buzz about it but i have not cool. i haven't seen anything in particular yeah. so what give us give uh, I, I think we got through episode three today so i mean it's i mean the marcus moriota side is kind of is it more football focused oh, or yeah, is it more absolutely i think i think it's super okay. cool obviously it's it patrick mahomes so as a chiefs fan like that's going to be sweet uh but the kirk Cousins side of it i like quite a bit so that's why i i I was thinking Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins are basically close to the same player, you know, depending on which one you yeah, like. I'd say so. And then it just brought me into the thought process of quarterbacks, and I was going to ask you about that earlier. But let's jump into it. No, no more interruptions. You are good to rock and roll. So what I was going to say is that uh, today on the pod, we're going to uh, just catch you up on, on the NFL news that we have missed in the past couple months. Again, uh, it's kind of trickling out right now, but now that it's been – Almost two months. We have probably enough to talk about. Uh, we'll get into our rankings, uh, you know, training camp buzz, that sort of thing in the coming weeks here. Uh, but there isn't a ton happening day to day in the NFL right now. It's sort of the dead of the off season. But uh, there have been some notable things that we haven't had a chance to talk about quite yet. Uh, so first thing we're going to talk about is kind of the miscellaneous news. I didn't really know how to categorize. Uh, the first thing on the docket here that this happened a couple days ago actually is that Alvin Kamara agreed to a plea deal in his assault charge. This was at the Pro Bowl in 2022. So this is finally getting uh, you know adjudicated in the court system in Las Vegas. He settled on uh, a misdemeanor charge. This really doesn't mean that much as far as the NFL is concerned. He can still be suspended for basically any amount of time. Roger Goodell has full discretion when it comes to the length of suspensions. But the one thing that uh, is important here is that an assault charge or even an indictment of assault charge, I believe, uh, that that leads to an automatic six-game suspension that can only be increased. So if you're an Alvin Kamara owner, this at least means that it might not be six games automatically. Uh, that's really the only good news here. I don't know if you have any other reaction to it, but it's kind of cut. Yep, I think you nailed most things. I did want to say I think there's a video of it happening or some video of like surrounding it. So I mean, yeah. like there's evidence of what Alvin Kamara did. Like the NFL is going to take that into consideration. Uh, Justin and I have Kamara in a, in our dynasty league that we shared. He texted me that he only got a misdemeanor, and I was like, mm, that's that doesn't really mean too much as of right now. We got to see what the NFL really thinks about what happened. Yeah, I'm really interested for us to talk about him in our ranking shows. Him That's and so I think him and Joe Mixon are just impossible to rank right now. I really don't know what to do with that. Uh, again, we'll get in that into that in further detail in the week in the coming weeks. Uh, I don't think we're going to get any sort of decision on this in the near future. We're probably going to have to wait a little bit for the NFL to decide. Uh, but yeah, no automatic six game suspension if you have Alvin Kamara. So at least be thankful for that. Uh, Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley are the other running backs in the news right now. They have not signed long-term deals. They have currently uh, been tagged on the franchise tag for their respective teams. Josh Jacobs for the Las Vegas Raiders, Saquon Barkley for the New York Giants. Their deadline for signing a long-term deal is July 17th. That is this Monday. So keep an eye on that if neither of them or one of them or both of them sign an extension. It has pretty big ramifications for 
this coming season. Both of them have threatened holding out with the way the running back market has gone this offseason. I would not be, uh, I, I wouldn't think that's going to happen, but you never know. Both these guys are pretty young and really good. So uh, what's your uh, thought process here with these two? Yeah, I'm not too worried about the holdout really at all. Um, I, I expect, I think like the new term is a hold in where like you show up, but you just don't participate in things. Mm-hmm. So you kind of show face and you usually get a deal done a little bit easier that way. It seems like that's the way things have like trended in the past couple of years. There's not too many like harsh holdouts where people aren't showing up. Um, but yeah, I mean, the running back market sucks. I mean, if you're a young running back, you like a, even a Bijan coming into the league, like his rookie contract is pretty sweet for him. And it's probably not going to get too much sweeter unless he has a very clean health history. That's yeah. So it sucks. I mean, it's a position that's very valuable in the NFL, so I understand these guys wanting to get paid. They touch the ball a lot. It's basically a car crash every time they touch the ball on their body. So, yeah, it's. I understand it. Um, I don't think they're going to get holdouts. Out. Do they get long-term deals? I think Saquon gets something that suffices him. I don't know how long-term it is. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I don't, if you're the Raiders, unless you just plan on tearing it completely down, Jacobs needs to be your offense that you build around. Because Devontae Adams, uh, the wide receiver, I'd love. I just don't know if he's going to want to stick around through a rebuild if you are if you have to punt on this season and you don't know who your quarterback is next season. So I think if I'm Las Vegas, I'm building around Jacobs, at least for right now, until I figure out the QB situation. So I'd give him the deal. Yeah, I think both of them are are well served to probably try and front load these contracts and give them big money for two or three years and not, you know, extend these deals past that. We saw what happened with the Ezekiel Elliott deal, uh, the Le'Veon Bell deal, only three years, but still a pretty big disaster. I don't think there's been a, you know, a, a large market running back running back contract that's worked out in the past ten years. No. Uh, that I can really think of. So I think NFL teams have kind of wised up to that. We're going to talk about the the free agents that are still available, and you'll kind of get a sense of you know how this is going for these veteran running backs that are trying to find uh, second and third contracts on the market right now. Yep. But it's not going well for them. So I think that only persuades Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley to get something done here. I actually, before we jump into the free agents uh, that are still available, I'm working on a piece. Uh, it, it's a, it's an, I did some research about basically first and second round running backs. I was trying to make myself feel better about the Kenneth Walker situation. (laughs) Um, And I've kind of just, I've ended up researching all first and second round running backs since 2010. Uh, I think it's, it's, there's a really, one of the interesting trends I've noticed so far is that teams have not stopped drafting running backs in the first and second round. The rate at which running backs are drafted in those two rounds is basically the exact same as it was 15 years ago. It's just the second contracts that aren't happening as much. So teams are, you know, they're realizing when they have a dynamic player, getting the value out of him, and then just cutting bait. And that's just kind of the way the running back market is going right now. So uh, not too great for these veterans, but uh, I think the NFL has sort of figured out that at that, you know, at 27, 28, those contracts just don't work out. Yeah. Um, you have anything uh, else on Josh Jacobs or Saquon? No, I think we nailed it. Let's get into the free agents. Sounds good. A lot of veteran running backs to talk about, as we just mentioned. Uh We'll start with Kareem Hunt and kind of work our way up into the more interesting pieces here. Uh, I, I'm kind of surprised at the lack of buzz on him. I feel like his offseason incident is still following him around a little bit. Otherwise, there would be more buzz here. I don't know if you get the same sense, but I'm a little surprised that 
uh, NFL teams aren't more interested. He's been pretty good in Cleveland this past few years, just a little bit of limited opportunity. What's your sense? Yeah, I mean, down the stretch in Cleveland last year, there was definitely a little bit of a decline. I don't know if that was really related to him or just the lack of opportunity he was receiving down the stretch, which there definitely was a lack of opportunity. Um, But whether it's the off off the field situation or if teams just – I, we also don't know what contract he's asking for. He may think, hey, this is my second contract. Because yeah. he's not – the other two guys we are going to talk about in this segment, well, two of the like lesser valuable guys, are looking for their third. Yeah. They've already been paid at least one other big contract. Kareem's probably still looking for that big contract. So That's he probably point. wants a little bit more than some of the other guys. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very surprised. The only thing that kind of levels it out for me is I think he was pretty widely available on the trade market towards the end of the trading season last year. And it didn't seem like he had a lot of buzz then either. So I I don't know. I mean, there's always injuries that are going to happen during camp that are going to open up opportunities and stuff. And I think Kareem's a guy that can slide right into one of those opportunities and be a valuable fantasy asset and a valuable running back in the NFL still. It's just, I, I, I think it's the contract for him that's really holding him back. Yeah, I think that's a good point on the uh, the camp injuries. If you're a veteran running back in this situation, I think that's what you should be waiting for as a team uh, to you know really have a need that stands out, and they you know don't have an immediate plan in place. That that is that is where you get desperate, and that's where you may overpay for somebody's services, and they could benefit from that. I think Kareem Hunt could be interesting, though. I, I really want to. I want to see where he goes. It's obviously landing spot's going to have a a lot to do with this, but he could be interesting. I think he's still got some juice. Some uh, two guys that don't have a ton of juice left, in my opinion, Leonard Fournette and Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, they haven't gotten a ton of buzz either for uh, somewhat, you know, understandable reasons. They're a little older. They've been on the decline for a few years. You have um, any any buzz you've heard on either one of these two, or any landing spots you're interested, or are we just kind of out? Uh, I mean, I've been doing a decent amount of like underdog uh, this off season, just to kind of stay in the loop with like ADP and what the consensus is on some of these other guys. And Zeke and Fournette are like one of your last picks in eighteen team eighteen round drafts. Like one of maybe your last two to three picks. Like they are that far down in the rankings. Kareem still has some buzz because, like I said, I think he's a guy that can go into a situation and be a lead running back if if an opportunity opens up. But I think these two guys, like best-case scenario you're hoping for is basically Zeke from last year. He just gets so much goal line opportunity that he finds his way to be fantasy value, valuable. And if a team hasn't signed him yet, I don't know if he's really going into that role on a team that he's signing with. But also with these older guys, exactly. they also don't want to be the old guy that goes into camp and gets injured and loses an opportunity. So they also could be waiting to try and wait and sign for another month or two, yeah. not have to worry about having to go through as much off-season workouts and programs as the younger guys that are basically trying to prove it to stay on the roster. Yeah, running backs also just don't have as big of a learning curve as a lot of other positions as far as learning new schemes and stuff. Uh, most of that is – Especially for veteran running backs, they've probably seen a lot of it, and uh, it's it's they can pick up on it pretty quickly. Uh, as opposed to you know a wide receiver that has to learn a whole new route tree or playbook or this and that, uh, those two can probably jump in any situation, and be just fine. I think if you're Ezekiel Elliott, if you're a dynasty manager for Ezekiel Elliott or just uh, Zeke in general, you should be hoping to go back to the Cowboys because I think that looks like the best destination. And you just laid it out. That's the him from last year is kind of who you want to be. Uh, but the problem is, is you have to be on a good team with a big role, and there's not a lot of good teams looking to give big roles to to veteran running backs at this stage. So, 
we'll see how it plays out for those two. Uh, we have two more. The the uh, the most interesting of the bunch here. We kind of buried the lead with DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook. Uh, is there either one of these two you want to talk about first, Cody, or do you want to just start with let's, the uh, the show doc here and go DeAndre? Uh, let's knock out Dalvin. Let's let's just wrap up the running back room okay. and then we'll finish exactly. the running backs. Yeah. Fair uh, so with Dalvin, in my opinion, he is out of the guys that are available. I mean, I. I mean, I think Kareem Hunt still has value. I don't know if the NFL just thinks he doesn't or if he just lost a step, but I mean, he's, I think, decent, decently younger than Dalvin Cook, if I, at least from what I can think. Maybe. I think they're about the same about age. About the same age. Okay. So if he's still at that point in his career, then I mean, he's kind of right there where I think he can go in and be a valuable asset. I know the, the Patriots are kind of sneaking around on him as well as, um, the Jets, I mean, if he goes to either of those two teams, he basically ruins another running back's position for fantasy, so that kind of sucks. Oh, yeah, he does. Um, so I, I don't really know. I don't really have, like, a place where if he lands – like, if we're looking at those two places, I think that it just – it dumpsters him and Brees Hall or him and Ramondre Stevenson. Like, I don't oh. know how you have confidence drafting. I mean, I would draft I would draft Ramondre because he was healthy and he was there last year. Like Brees Hall, if he goes, if Dalvin Cook goes to the Jets, I think Brees Hall maybe just isn't fully ready to come back from his injury yet. So, like, there's some of that you have to factor in as well. But I just hope he goes, like, I hope there's a dark horse team that ends up coming in here late and signing him that he can bring some fantasy value to outside of the Patriots. Because I need Ramondre to be a monster this year. So anyone but the Patriots, please. (laughs) Yeah, that would that would definitely tank both of them. Uh, it seems like a pretty strong possibility at this point, but again, these uh, these rumor mills are hard to trust at this stage. Can be a lot of uh, you know, Dalvin Cook can be playing the Patriots off of the team he really wants to go to, which may be Miami. That's been the long rumor team this off season. I think that would be the best spot for him too. Uh, Mike McDaniel runs a good scheme down there. The Dolphins would have a really good offense, and they don't have a clear lead back. They had to have a crowded room, but I think Dalvin Cook would clearly be the most uh, established. And he's only 27. It's not like he's on, uh, you know, the 29 okay. or 30 plan like a lot of these other guys are. So uh, he still maybe has a year or two left as a decent runner. Uh, yeah, let's hope he ends up with the Dolphins because the Patriots or the Jets would just be so confusing i wouldn't know how to draft any of them and i'd probably just be avoiding basically across the board uh somewhat similar case here with deandre hopkins to be honest uh the rumors on hopkins or the latest ones are the patriots and the titans the titans have actually gotten some uh pretty heavy steam in the past day or two it I, I, I did want to kind of comment on this so basically what happened was uh there was a sports book that moved DeAndre Hopkins odds of going to the Tennessee Titans from, you know, plus 400 or wherever it was at all off season to minus 250. And a lot of times sports books do this just to be on the front page or just be news because it does not hurt them to move these guys to be more, you know, favorited than they were. Uh, so I, this could be news, but it could also just be somebody trying to get some attention. So I, I don't know if we can draw that conclusion, but the Patriots and the Titans are the two teams I've heard pretty recently. I I, I don't like either of those spots. What do you think? Yeah, I I mean, as a guy who's drafted a lot of Traylon Burks in his underdog best ball leagues, you can you uh, can stay away from yeah, Tennessee, well, my Burks, my guy. You can go on up to New England. Yeah, um, that would be devastating. I mean, I I don't know what DeAndre Hopkins is looking for in a contract. I I still think there's a possibility that if he isn't getting a long-term deal that he's comfortable with, that he may take a shorter one-year deal 
and try and go win a Super Bowl. Like if you're getting only two or three years and not enough money from either of these two teams, like I don't know why you'd settle instead of going to a team that you could potentially, you know, build a little bit more of a legacy on. Like DeAndre Hopkins is going to be known as a great great wide receiver, but he's really never done anything in the postseason his entire career. So I think I, I personally think that's kind of a big deal. So I think he seems like a guy who wants to win. I mean, his practice habits are kind of iffy from what I, from what is reported also. So maybe not, but I don't know. I, yeah. I still think that's a possibility that's not getting talked about enough. Um, like going to new England, like him reuniting with Bill O'Brien, I think is one of like kind of a weird storyline and very weird. Yeah. Fit. It doesn't really yeah. make any sense. And then you go to Tennessee, like Tennessee's going to have a quarterback issue. The second Ryan Tannehill kind of bellies up and turns into Ryan Tannehill, like he always does. So uh, that's just too not enough value. Yeah, it's either. just two really weird situations to put yourself in if you're D Hop. Like, go to the Bills or go to the go to the Chiefs, take less money, and go give yourself an opportunity to make some postseason history, postseason success. Yeah, the Titans. I think I might be interested, depending on where he ends up going in drafts, just because Tannehill has shown the ability to be an average to slightly above average quarterback, and he would be the clear target hog there, in my opinion. But. Yeah, I don't. I don't love either of these destinations. Hopefully, there is a dark horse that slides in. Maybe, like you said, uh, a team that has some some Super Bowl hopes that you know might have a more high powered offense that could get him some more scoring opportunities and uh, you know just some more pass volume in general. Both of the destinations being rumored right now are not ideal on DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, so yeah, just keep an eye on that. We'll see where he ends up going. All right. Uh, Cody, I'm really stretching on this next segment. I, I tried my best to find uh, some some random OTA slash mini camp hype that uh, you know may be relevant. A lot of this stuff is coach speak and is really hard to trust at all. Uh, but I took the the few things that I kind of saw repeated on a few of the sites that I look at. So uh, I hope that means that you know at, at the very at the end of the day, positive news is better than no news at all. So we'll just go through some guys that have been impressing so far. I think the the most important one, we'll start with this off the top is Javante Williams. That's because it's a health thing. He is expecting to be ready for the start of training camp, not just the start of uh, the regular season, the start of training camp. Um, I I don't know if I trust this right off the jump. Uh, I, I, I believe that Javante Williams may be slightly ahead of schedule, but we kind of heard a lot of this similar uh, buzz around J.K. Dobbins last year, and we saw how that played out. How are you uh, viewing this situation? Dang, man. I was really hoping you would throw that to me so I can bring up the J.K. Dobbins part of that. That is <laughs> that is right where I was going to go with it. So, um, yeah. I'm drawing that parallel. Yeah, that's, that's basically what the parallel is, is. This is good news. Like, if you're someone who has been drafting Javante in the 8th, ninth, 10th round in these best ball underdogs that I'm in, like, this is news you're eating up all day. You're telling all your friends how excited you are for Javante Williams because you think you just got a home run. Uh, similar to J.K. Dobbins last year, only issue with it being is he is saying it. It's not necessarily coming from the team or the team doctor. So, like, Javante last year, like, went on a big Twitter rant about how he was going to be out by week one or be out there by week one. And then week one came and this, the team was like, no, you're not playing football. So, we got to wait till we get like actual team reports that he's going to be good to go. But if you, like I said, if you're someone who's drafted him in the 10th round of a best ball like tournament, you're stoked right now getting this kind of news. 
Yeah, it's it's good for sure. Uh, like you said, though, I'm I'm pretty skeptical until we see him in pads on the field practicing in full. Uh, I'm going to hold off on my excitement. But yeah, if you have him in a dynasty league or a keeper league or anything else, you should feel good about this. I mean, it's better than hearing that he had a setback or hearing nothing at all, which kind of transitions me to the next guy I want to talk about, which is Brees Hall. Also a young guy that tore his ACL uh, at the beginning of last year. I believe it was week five or six. His timeline's a little more muddy, and I say that not because I've heard anything negative on him, but because I just haven't heard that much. Like with Javante Williams, we've heard, oh, he's out of schedule. Oh, he's going to be ready for training camp, this and that. But Brees Hall has just been kind of quiet. And when you know when guys are doing well and or beating their timelines, you'll usually hear, you know, oh, he's he's running in full you know full straight lines right now, this and that. You'll hear all this hype about him, but I just haven't heard a ton on Brees Hall. Have you? Uh, have you gotten the same sense, or what? What's your view? Yeah, I and yeah, I'm right there with you. I haven't really heard anything, and like like you said, it hasn't been anything overly positive. I mean, he's only he was a rookie last year, so I mean, if he would have been able to be out, he would have been out at the the rookie mini camps that happened shortly after the draft. Like a lot of year two guys go out there, so. Clearly, I don't think he was out there ready enough to be out there yet. So, yeah, definitely like a lot of question marks surrounding him because right now, like I was saying, like Javante is falling super far in these underdog drafts, whereas Brees Hall is consistently going around the two three turn. So, like for as a drafter and as people who are drafting Brees Hall, yeah, that scares that's the hell crazy out. to me because it's like you haven't even heard any Oof. good news come out or you haven't seen any footage of anything good coming out. So. I, yeah, I'm a little bit surprised at like where their ADPs are. Now, I did hear, I think, on the fantasy footballers that Javante's his tear was a little bit more of an issue because it had additional. It wasn't, it wasn't as involved, clean right? or something like that. I don't. I'm not a doctor. I don't know the medical terms. There's so. more ligaments involved in Javante's injury, and Brees's uh, was like, like you said, a little cleaner in the sense that. There are like four or five ligaments in your knee you can yeah. tear. Obviously, it's not just one ligament every time. So Javante tore, I believe, three of them, yeah. uh, not without getting into the details. And Brees was uh, two of the four or five. So, yeah, not as big of a recovery, basically, or at least in theory. But still, just in my general consensus right now, I'm not taking him anywhere near the 2-3 turn in any of my underdog or mock no drafts. Way. I think that's absolutely crazy. You can get Ramondre, you can get Josh yeah. Jacobs sometimes all the way down there. There's so many other good running backs that should be going above Brees Hall, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, the fact that the Jets are entertaining Dalvin Cook at all also concerns me because it just it says that they do not view Brees Hall as a workhorse back as you would expect them to after what you saw last year while he was healthy, especially because Michael Carter has proven to be a really solid Backup options, Donovan Knight proved himself to be a very reliable fill-in option. So if they thought Brees Hall was going to come back and be healthy, I don't think they would even be talking to Dalvin Cook at all. So we'll uh, we'll see how it plays out. But got to keep an eye on those two. Uh, positive buzz on Javante so far, not so much on Hall. Uh, this, this next one is probably one of those OTA things that you should pay absolutely zero attention to. But we're going to bring it up anyway just so you can keep your eye on it. That's Romeo Dobbs being the go-to target. For Jordan Love and OTAs, again, Cody, they are playing against air as far as defenders go. There's no pads, so I don't know if I want to take anything anything from this at all, but uh, is there anything you draw from this uh, OTA buzz for Romeo Dobbs? Um, I mean, like in my opinion, Romeo Dobbs is a guy you're probably taking with close to one of your last picks in most drafts. So if you yeah. are, if this is enough information for you to change your mind and take that swing, like, you're not really spending enough draft capital for like it to be that big of a deal. So 
And it's another like the Packers situation. You're probably going to go out there week one and you're going to be like, okay, Jordan loves manageable. Like Romeo Dobbs could have value. Or you're going to go out there week one and be like, okay, the Packers are in trouble this year. I can cut bait with Dobbs and go look for another wide receiver to pick up. So I, I don't mind him like where he's going in drafts now. Like if he keeps getting this positive vibe, positive buzz, and like you have to spend a couple rounds sooner on him, yeah, I'm probably going to have a little bit of an issue with that. But I right now is just his value in fantasy is so low that positive news is just just nothing but good for me right now. Right, any any news at all? I think that's kind of the point that we're driving home here. Yeah, like you said, if you're taking him with your last pick in the draft, go ahead. Maybe he uh, he's interesting, uh, but if he gets pushed up any farther than that, I think we're probably avoiding him. He's not necessarily a uh, an elite talent, and especially on an offense that's not expected to be, you know, maybe average. I think best case scenario for them, uh, there's just not a ton in the way of opportunity for him, especially with Christian Watson in the room. So as well. many young guys. Uh, these two new young tight ends yeah, and another young really wide is. receiver there too. Yep. I mean, there's so many people the ball could be going to this season in Green Bay. It's it's hard to hard to hard to guess where the uh you know the lead lead targets are going to go there in that offense. I think these next two guys I'm actually pretty excited about because I like them from a value perspective right now in uh, in fantasy drafts. Again, it will be interesting to see as the uh, the season gets closer where they end up going. But Miles Sanders and Nick Chubb have both been getting some buzz uh, around their pass catching involvement in their offenses. And again, uh, this is OTAs, but. The reason that I wanted to bring this up is because I think in both cases, it just makes a lot of sense, both for the teams and the, the running backs themselves. Nick Chubb has always been a good pass catcher, uh, but was kind of you know held back by the fact that Kareem Hunt was on his team. He was an elite pass catcher as a running back for a few years, and uh, he just kind of filled that role on the offense. But now without him there, I think this could be a huge boon to his fantasy value. And then uh, Miles Sanders, similar situation. Frank Reich, we saw what happened with Jonathan Taylor. When he went off in his second year, caught a lot of passes, and now Miles Sanders is his guy. So uh, what do you think about these two? Love them both. If I'm leaving drafts with Nick Chubb and Miles Sanders, I, I drafted very well. So I'm I'm all for it. I think in I think I've yeah, actually drafted Miles Sanders in all four of the mock drafts that I've banked so far for the 45 days of mock drafts. Oh, wow. <laughs> he is like – and I've drafted at both ends. I've drafted on the far left and the far right of the board. I just find a way to get Miles Sanders on my team. I I love Miles Sanders, so I'm all for him. Um, and then Nick Chubb. I mean, obviously Nick Chubb is going to have to be either around the one-two turn, most likely, maybe middle of the second if you're in a you know wide receiver heavy league. But you're going to have to spend up on him. But he's 100% worth the pick. I mean, he was phenomenal last year. Your only concern is surrounding Deshaun Watson, but I think. I think another, you know, couple games back into it he got last year. It should be more. It should be better. Hopefully, it's better. That's that's the only concern around Nick Chubb right now. But for me, that it hasn't really stopped me from drafting him when I have the opportunity to. Yeah, I I just the reason I love both these guys is because without concerning uh, injury, both of them just have really high floors, and they also present some decent ceiling, especially on Chubb's side. We obviously saw him be the RB1 through the first 10 weeks of last year. Then he fell off when Watson came back and the offense kind of fell apart. But I think we can trust Watson to be at least as good as Jacoby Brissett was in the first 10 weeks last year. And if that's the case, Chubb obviously has the chance to be uh, you know, be close to the number one back as he was last year. And now he doesn't have Kareem Hunt taking up third downs. He's got Jerome Ford as his RB2. So we could see Nick Chubb get you know Derrick Henry levels of volume if this offense ends up working out the way uh, – you know, I think Kevin Stefanski would want it to work. 
So he's. We'll, we'll get into this when we uh, we do our ranking shows. But Nick Chubb is going to be very very high on my running back rankings. Probably a lot higher than most players have or most rankers have him. Couple more wide receiver notes here to get to. Uh, another guy similar to Romeo Dobbs, but slightly more interesting in my opinion, just because of the uh, the kind of speak around him is Traylon Burks getting lots of positive buzz. He's in better shape this year. He had that asthma problem going into last year. He's kind of gotten that under control, according to reports. And uh, this is a guy that Titans really, really need to uh, be a big part of their offense. So, again, another player that it just kind of makes sense. And I like him a lot this year. I'm assuming you're going to echo me on this as long as DeAndre Hopkins does not sign there. Yeah, Traylon Burks has been another uh, big-time draft guy for me. As he should be. Absolutely. He is such a value. I mean – uh, let's see. Do I have the mock draft still pulled up? Yeah, let's see where I drafted him at here. Um, uh, oh, I did not get him in this one. Uh, but he's like in the seventh, eighth round, sixth, seventh, seventh, eighth round right yeah, now. Yeah, such good. It's value. insane. I mean, he. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, like you said, he's not like a superstar, but I mean, he's proven enough to. I mean, AJ Brown was a very valuable fantasy wide receiver when he was with the Tennessee Titans, and I think. Traylon Burks may not be all of what A.J. Brown is, but if he is 80 90% of that in the seventh, eighth round, give me that all day. Absolutely love it. So, Couldn't have said it better myself, Cody. I am uh, very much in on him right now. We're uh, really hoping that DeAndre Hopkins chooses to sign elsewhere because I will be very much in on Traylon Burks uh, as long as that is the case. He uh, looks like a, a big steal in drafts right now. For sure. Um, Lastly here, I just wanted to mention this because I don't know what's going on here. Uh, I don't know if New England's doing okay. Uh, I, I I think someone should give them a call and ask them, you know, if something's bothering them because they signed Devontae Parker to a three-year, $33 million deal. That sounds pretty bad on the surface. It's only $14 million guaranteed, so it's probably – you know, maybe a one partial two-year deal with some incentives thrown in there, but still, uh, what what what's going on here, Cody? I I don't understand this deal whatsoever. I don't know. I I honestly have no idea. I'm <laughs> I he either was second. What but Just, in the last three years, he's either second to last or last in the NFL in separation in in like an advanced metric. Like the guy just does not separate. And Mac Jones is not a quarterback that's just rifling balls into tight situation so i i don't know i i don't get it at all i mean new england's honestly strange i mean let's be honest like ever since tom brady's left like we got to start talking about it at some point it's been an absolute dumpster fire in new england like on the offensive side of the football and i'm not saying that that takes anything away from belichick's legacies in my opinion the best coach in nfl history but it just shows you right there how valuable a team is when you have a very high level quarterback and coach at the same time. Cause unless they get another, I'm not, I'm not going to say Tom Brady, but a Kirk cousins level quarterback in there. Like I'm not really going to take the Patriots serious as, you know, true playoff contenders. And even that's even with the best defensive coach in the NFL, it's just crazy. And Kendrick, that's what, and this signing is just yeah. terrible to me. And I just don't know what they're doing on offense. Because I don't know why you'd guarantee any money to Kendrick Bourne when you want to put DeAndre Hopkins on this team. Like, if that's your goal, why yeah, I don't why understand it. it drives me crazy. I feel like we've just seen a lot of similar type of wide receivers sign, you know, two, three million dollar deals. Uh, you know, you can get these kind of guys off the scrap heap for very cheap. I, I don't understand why you had to guarantee this much money and any years at all to a Devontae Parker who probably would not have demanded 
nearly this contract on the open market if he got there. So yep. uh, very, very strange situation here. Maybe they have a plan for him, but uh, I... I was I uh, I had to refresh my screen a couple times. Let's say when I saw this, uh, you know, come across the timeline because I did was it not was it this it. past I weekend? It. I thought it was the wrong. Was person. it this past weekend that the deal was done, or was it? It was pretty. Recent. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know if it was this past weekend, but it was within the last like week. To I can't. 10 days I was doing sure. something. I can't remember what it was, but I got the notification on my Apple Watch and I looked at it, and it was like New England Patriots signed a wide receiver. And then, like, you cut off right there. And I was like, it's like oh, oh Hopkins. Hopkins signed with the Patriots. No way. Oh, Hopkins, yeah. Pull up the phone, Kendrick Bourne. Like, why am I even getting a notification about this? Like, even from a fantasy perspective, that, right. it does not matter at all. So, I don't I don't get it. Um, no. One thing I did want to bring up before we, we bounce out of here. Um, what's your thoughts on Calvin Ridley coming back for the Jaguars? Just real quick for us. He's had a little bit of positive buzz. Oh. Uh, and... Just curious your opinion on him because I've, I've found myself in a lot of situations in both mock drafts and the underdog drafts where I feel like I'm getting him at a, – it's a pretty high cost, but he could be insane if Trevor Lawrence yeah, is – I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan right now where he's going. Uh, I, I think I have some extended thoughts on this. This, this was actually going to be one of the guys I was going to bring up when we did our rankings because I feel pretty strongly – about uh, him being slightly overdrafted right now. And this is, it's it pains me a little bit because I love Calvin yeah. Ridley. I was such a big fan of his when he was in Atlanta. Um, but coming off of a year and a half of no football uh, into in a situation where he's already 29, I feel like a lot of people think he's younger, but he was very, he was like 24 when he came into the league. So he was a, he was a very old junior or senior or whatever he was when he came out of college. Uh, so he's on the back end of his 20s. And uh, I just think this is a, a Doug Peterson offense that's never really, you know, featured a wide receiver in a, a 25 plus percent target share type of way. So I, I think uh, a lot of these other guys I would be drafting at value instead of uh, instead of Calvin Ridley. I'd rather take Christian Kirk in the eighth round. Yeah. Then I'm gonna throw, the fourth throw, basically is, is how I think these about three it. players are always very consistently around each other. Um, I would say I'll say one's definitely a little bit higher, but they're always kind of around the three consistent consistently. Debo Samuel, um, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper are all three. Usually, you can get around in the fourth-ish round of a lot of best ball tournament drafts. If you're in the situation you need a wide receiver, those are your three guys. Here you go in one, two, three. It's Cooper. It's not even close for me. Fair. I think Cooper yeah. would be almost a tier above both of those other guys. Uh, I just don't think his his floor is so much higher than the other two. Debo is a great player, but I just I don't wa- love drafting pieces of that San Francisco offense. I'm kind of fading them this year. There's a lot of mouths to feed, and their offensive line has taken some hits. I think it they could take a slight step back, and if everybody stays healthy, it's going to be a nightmare to guess who's going to you know who you're going to play week to week. Obviously, someone's going to get hurt, but. I just don't like trying to guess who, and uh, that's that's the reason I'm kind of off of Debo. And then Ridley, obviously, I already talked about. Uh, Cooper, I, I like quite a bit. I think is like I said, floor is very high, ceiling's pretty high too. I, I think you could you could make an argument for Cooper being a top ten, top five wide receiver if things break right. Okay, one more name. Would you do McLaurin over those other two guys? Don't like McLaurin. Okay. I think I'd have him fourth on that okay. list. Actually, fair enough. So I think I, I actually I like Jahan Dotson quite yeah. a bit at value right now where he's going, but. Uh, not too interested in McLaurin. I think his ceiling's pretty capped, and if Dotson really emerges, his floor could be somewhat lower than it has been the past couple of years as well. For sure. Cool. Well, 
Welcome back, everybody. If you stuck around for the 43 minutes of the first fantasy football pod back, thank you very much. Like, comment, subscribe. Thank share you with so your much, enemies. Guys. Share with your friends. Can't Appreciate y'all. Peace out. See ya.